We're now going to come and look at God's Word together, and uh, we might have the words on the screen, we might not, because we're having a few technical difficulties this morning, but if you want to follow along with me as we uh, look at the Bible, um, either in your hard Bibles or in your electronic Bibles or wherever you might access it, um, you can uh, follow along. We're going to read from Mark chapter 15 this morning, uh, starting at verse 42, and then going through to verse 8, chapter 16. So that's Mark 15. Uh, verse 42, through to Mark 16, verse 8 again. It was the day of preparation, or the preparation day, that is the day before Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Madeline and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Madeline, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on the way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because... They were afraid. Let's pray as we take a few minutes to just think about this wonderful story and this wonderful truth and the impact it might have for our lives together this morning. Father God, we thank you for Jesus, for the fact that he is risen, that he is no longer in the tomb, but he is alive. And as he is alive, he is giving life to each one of us here today. And so, Lord, as we hear your word, as we think about what Jesus has done for us, Lord, may your life rise up in this place this morning. May it rise up in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. And may we continue to see the wonder of the risen Jesus this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are here. It is Easter Sunday. It's a day of joy and celebration who feels like celebrating? Yeah, some people, some maybe not. 
Uh, it's a bit, a bit lethargic this morning, but we'll get there. Um, but actually, that's not unreal, is it? Yeah, that, that is what that first Easter was like. Today we sing and we celebrate that Jesus is alive, but that first Easter, things were quite different. Maybe for even some of us today, we don't feel like being joyful and, cel- and celebrate. And so when the minister stands up the front and says, Jesus is alive, let's be joyful, you think, well, I don't really feel it this morning. Or if I do have to do that, then it's just going to feel a bit hypocritical or a bit forced or a bit uncomfortable. Um, And if that's you today, then that's okay. At Easter, we celebrate the beauty of the resurrection that emerges out of the brokenness of the grave. It can be tempting on Easter Sunday to get so caught up on the joy and the resurrection and the celebration that we sometimes forget how the day started. So remember that the start of Easter started in the grave and that joy comes out of the grave. It can be tempting to see the full beauty and the full wonder of Easter. We can't just see where Easter Sunday ends, but to see the full wonder of it, we also need to recognize where Easter morning started. Hopefully this week you've had the chance to remember and to engage with the build-up to this Easter Sunday morning. It started last Sunday as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the crowd shouting, cheering, celebrating Hosanna as Jesus was given a hero's welcome as he rode into the city of Jerusalem. On Thursday, we gather to remember here to walk that same journey as Jesus did with his disciples, an incredibly poignant time of remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, the way in which he led and served his disciples to the cross. On Friday, we remembered Jesus going to the cross, the way he was flogged and beaten, the nails driven into his hands and his feet, the darkness and the brutality of the cross that led ultimately to death. This is the context of Easter morning. Easter Sunday started in despair. Jesus' body had been taken down from the cross, placed in a tomb, The women and Jesus' disciples were lost for words, and yet they continued to follow Jesus. They were at the cross, and as we heard in the first part of the reading today, they were at his tomb as his body was buried as well. This Easter story does not start with hope. It starts with brokenness, broken hopes, broken futures broken hearts. Yet even in the midst of that brokenness, there is hope as Jesus' disciples remained faithful to him. We don't often read those verses from Mark chapter 15 on Easter Sunday morning, uh, but I think they're helpful in us getting a glimpse of this wider picture of the good news of Jesus, of saying why we can be joyful, why we can celebrate, Why we can say the Lord is risen, hallelujah, this Easter Sunday morning. Jesus has died on the cross. 
it was common for people like Jesus, he'd been charged with treason, to not even have a burial at all. They would instead, Jesus' body had a future of just being left to hang on a cross. Not even worthy of a burial. His body left for the future of the mercy of the scavengers to come and do what they wanted with it. Crucifixion was such a shameful way to die that even those who weren't given the crime of treason and were crucified didn't receive a proper funeral Instead, they were just placed in a common, unmarked grave. Their lives were shameful. They didn't matter. They were best forgotten about. This was the future that lay ahead of Jesus. Not only had he died, but he had been shamed. That's until Joseph of Arimathea boldly steps out of the shadows and asks Pilate for permission to place Jesus' body in his own tomb. As Joseph places Jesus' broken body in his tomb, as the stone is rolled across the entrance, he could have had no idea what was going to happen next. But even in the brokenness, he remained faithful to Jesus. And as he remained faithful to Jesus, Jesus took all that and started to move towards Resurrection Sunday, where the tomb would be opened and his life would, uh, for, uh, would be revealed. This Easter morning, you might be struggling to sing and celebrate. You not might feel like being particularly joyful and cheerful, but resurrection starts in the brokenness. Resurrection starts in the small faithful steps of of following Jesus wherever he goes, even to the tomb. Just like Joseph of Arimathea, we might not understand it. We might not have any sense of expectation of what Jesus might do next. But our faithfulness, even in the midst of brokenness, enables the resurrection of Jesus to break through in our lives. This Easter morning, if you are in the midst of darkness, if you're in the midst of brokenness, if you're struggling to be joyful and celebrate that Jesus is alive, if you're surrounded by shame, if you're longing for something to change in your life, then can I encourage you this morning to hold on to Jesus, to remain faithful to him no matter the circumstances, and you will see his life break through. It might feel like hope has gone. It might feel like Jesus is dead to you. It might feel like you are placing his body in a tomb, just faithfully clinging on for every last moment with him. But, in the, but it is in the brokenness where resurrection life begins. Chapter 15 finishes with this phrase that is pivotal to all that's to come as we turn the page into the next chapter. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus was laid. They'd, saw, well, they'd seen him crucified. They'd seen his body removed from the cross. They'd seen the tomb where he lay. Surely that was the end of the story. Little did they know that next, they were to see Jesus alive again. 
The next day was the Sabbath. So the women see the sealed tomb and they go and they're unable to return for 24 hours. So they gather together with the disciples. They reflected on what had happened and they mourned together for the loss of their friend and their rabbi. Maybe this is how we might feel this Easter morning. Like we're in a time of waiting, standing still, treading water, feeling hope has been extinguished and waiting to see what might emerge out of the hopelessness. Maybe we're between jobs and uh, don't know what quite what you uh, can't, uh, can't do yet or so what you're going to do next yet, so you wait. Maybe you're grieving and waiting for this season of mourning to pass. Maybe you're waiting for a medical appointment. Maybe you're trying to understand what has already happened in your life. And so we wait. We wait for clarity. We wait for purpose to be revealed. In these times of waiting, this Easter Sunday morning, may we know that the wait is worthwhile. I can only imagine what must have been going through the minds of the women and those disciples throughout that Sabbath Saturday, waiting. But out of that waiting, they encounter the resurrection of Jesus. It is after the waiting they see that Jesus is alive. Between the brokenness of Good Friday and the resurrection of Easter, morning, uh, Easter Sunday morning, the disciples needed to wait. This Easter, could it be that as Jesus' disciples today, we too are in a time of waiting? You might have experienced the brokenness. You might still be in that season and that time of darkness and brokenness in your life that's preventing you from singing for joy and cheering, Jesus is risen, hallelujah. But this message of Easter morning is that the time of waiting will not last forever. Rather, a new dawn is breaking, the promise is being fulfilled, the wait is over. Out of the brokenness, life has emerged. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. When we wait, we do so with anticipation because out of the waiting, we have the opportunity to encounter the resurrected Jesus as his love and his life and his power is revealed for all to see. As Sunday morning broke, bright and early, the women gathered their spices, the wait was over, and so they made their way to the tomb. They expected an encounter with the stench of death and decay. They wanted to honor Jesus' body. They wanted to remember their friends, to acknowledge the impact that he'd had on their lives. That first Easter morning starts with an act of worship a display of devotion and faithfulness to Jesus. For as these women, or for these women, the whole, their whole world had collapsed around them. Their hopes and their expectations had been shattered. They didn't understand it, yet even in their confusion, they continued to want to honor Jesus. And so as, first, as soon as they could, first thing in the morning, bright and early, 
they left to embalm Jesus' body. Every Easter Sunday morning, a friend of mine uh, have an, a little exchange that we send a message to each other where I say to him, James, the Lord is risen, but you're not even up yet. This morning, are we excited to be at church? Are you glad to be up out of bed early because Jesus is risen? The women didn't even know that Jesus was alive, and yet they couldn't wait to get to Jesus to honor him. Just as the women or just as the woman had poured perfume on Jesus last week as an act of worship, like we heard last week, so too did these women honor Jesus with their worship as they rushed bright and early to Jesus' tomb to be able to honor to pour honor him with fragrance and spices to embalm his body. There might be times when we follow Jesus where all hope appears to be gone. We might find ourselves surrounded by brokenness and darkness. We might be left confused. We might question uh, how it is that we've come to find ourselves in this situation. We might have doubts. We might even start to question whether it was right for us to put our trust in Jesus at all in the first place. But in all these moments, may we not give up and go home. But may we continue to worship Jesus. May we continue to honor him. And as we do so, we can know that we can have resurrection hope this Easter Sunday morning. We may, may we continue to remain faithful to Jesus even when we struggle to understand. For as we do so, as we remain faithful to Jesus, the, uh, the risen Jesus is then revealed before our eyes. This morning we can celebrate the good news of Jesus, that the greater the brokenness, the greater the transformation. The greater the darkness, the greater the light. The greater the grief, the greater the joy. This Easter morning, may we know again that it is in Jesus that there is hope always to be found, no matter how bleak life might appear. So let's continue to hold faithfully to him, knowing that even out of death, Jesus can bring life. As the women arrived at the tomb, they had to try and work out what had happened. They'd seen Jesus' body placed in that tomb. They'd seen the stone rolled over and now the stone has been moved. What had happened? There was a body, but now it had gone. Within these verses, there are clues to the truth of resurrection. But the women struggled to grasp what was being revealed before their very eyes. Jesus was dead, but now he's alive. Jesus had tried to prepare his disciples for this moment, 
Not only was there a messenger there by the tomb to explain what had happened and to give uh, illumination and instruction to the women as they approached that grave, but he himself had told his disciples time and time again what was going to happen. For example, in Mark 8, verse 31, we're told that Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. The resurrection of Jesus is at the center of our faith. We don't just say that Jesus is alive because it's a nice idea or because it's what churches say on Easter Sunday, but it's something that we need to believe. It needs to go to the core of who we are. We are resurrection people. We believe that Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. We need to believe that Jesus died and he then rose again. We need to believe that death has been defeated, that life has won. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth to assure them of their need to hold on to this truth that Jesus is alive. Because this truth is the whole basis of the Christian faith. If we can't get excited about this, we're not going to get excited about anything. Let me read to you some of Paul's message to the church again. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says this, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are of all people, we of all people are most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he is putting everything under his feet. This morning, may we once again catch a vision of Jesus as the risen Son of God. May, we not may it not just be a phrase that we say on Easter Sunday, but may it define how we live for him. Death no longer has the victory. In Jesus, our faith is anything but futile. Our faith is living, it is breathing, it is making the difference throughout our world today because our faith is in Jesus and he is alive. He is living and breathing and so as we place our faith in Jesus, so our faith is living and breathing too. That's the beauty of this Easter morning. Out of death and brokenness, life has emerged. Jesus has won, and our world has been forever changed. As Jesus' resurrection is unveiled, the women and Jesus' disciples are then given an invitation. And that invitation is offered to each one of us here today and online and wherever you might be joining us this morning too. The messenger at the tomb says that Jesus is going ahead of them to Galilee and that there they will see him, just as he told you. Because Jesus is alive, we can all encounter him today. 
We can meet him. We can know him. We can see him for ourselves. And we're all invited to do so. Even if we start the day feeling lost in brokenness, not, not, not only can we know that Jesus is alive, but we can go and meet with him. We're invited to experience the wonder of his resurrection for ourselves. That is why we gather together to worship Jesus today. Yes, he lives. But, he, but as he lives, he's invited us to meet him, to know him, to follow him, to encounter him for ourselves. This morning, you may have heard us talk a lot about Jesus being alive. But if you've not seen him for yourself, what are you waiting for? You're invited to go on that journey to see why the church for years, uh, for thousands of years, from generation to generation, continue to get excited on Easter Sunday morning that Jesus is alive. Jesus revealed himself to hundreds of people after he rose again. And from gen- for 2,000 years, he's continued to reveal himself to people in a whole range of different ways, including to people here in this room. Jesus invites all of us to meet with him. If you haven't seen him for yourself, will you step out on that journey? Will you open up your hearts that you might be able to go and encounter Jesus as the risen Son of God this morning. You're invited to see him for yourself. Don't miss out on seeing the greatest thing the world has ever seen, the empty tomb, the risen Jesus. Do follow up that invitation to see Jesus. I can assure you that your life will never be the same again. The women then left the tomb trembling and bewildered. I love those words in this passage. I'm really struck by them as I've been preparing (coughs) this message uh, this week. The women had been first on the scene at the greatest event in all of history. Out of the brokenness, beauty had emerged. Jesus was alive. And how do the women respond? Not by singing, Christ is risen, hallelujah, but with trembling and bewildered hearts. Their questions had not left them. They didn't have all the answers. Their hopelessness had not fully gone. But as hope broke through, so did the awe and the wonder of what they had just been witness to. Sometimes I think we could do with a bit more trembling and bewilderment in our churches. Today, we are invited to encounter the risen Jesus. He who was dead, who has risen again. And this should deeply impact us. As we worship, may we catch a glimpse of Jesus, not just the person whose name appears in some songs on a screen, but as Jesus, the risen Son of God. May we be prepared to tremble in awe and wonder as we do so. Let's be bewildered by his glory 
amazed by his truth, lost in wonder that Jesus is alive. Faith in Jesus, faith in his resurrection did not come easily that first Easter morning. And the same may well be true for us today. But out of the brokenness, hope arises. Out of the tomb, life has emerged. And because of that, we can say Christ is risen. Hallelujah. We are all invited to see the glory of the risen Jesus for ourselves. We're invited to follow him, to experience him, to come before him with awe and trembling and wonder as we see that Jesus is alive for ourselves. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for the wonder of this Easter Sunday morning. That we can stand here today and say that Jesus is alive. And may our hearts and all that is in us say hallelujah as we see that truth for ourselves. Lord, for those of us today who maybe don't feel like celebrating, for those of us who for one reason or another are struggling to celebrate this morning, Lord, we thank you that out of the brokenness, your life emerges. And so wherever that lifelessness might be, Lord, this Easter Sunday morning, we pray that your life would be breathed afresh into our lives, into our community, into our world. Lord, we take a moment, particularly today, to pray for those who maybe haven't yet seen Jesus for themselves who haven't heard that invitation to go to Galilee and to see Jesus just as he has promised. And Lord, if there are those here today or joining us online or wherever it might be, who have heard about Jesus being risen again for the first time and want to see this for themselves, Lord, would you make yourself known to them? Would you breathe your life into their life? And as they step out on that journey, may they continue to sell, may they see you revealed throughout their life, we pray. And Lord, for all of us, as we celebrate this Easter Sunday morning, as we declare that Jesus is alive, may these not just be words, but Lord, may we continue to be lost in awe, lost in wonder. May we tremble and be bewildered as we ourselves see that Jesus is alive. For his is all the glory. For he is the risen, conquering Son. Amen.